Welcome back. This is the Man Cave Caucus Podcast, and we're coming at you live from the Redneck Man Cave. I'm your host, Ben Baker, and uh, the sidekick extraordinaire is here in the flesh, Mr. Tim Holden. Good to be back. And Joel's here, uh, our resident part-time, full-time Googler. Joel, checking in. Good to be here. Oh, he's in the mic this time. Oh, man. We got it figured out. I'm loving it. So we're all here. We've got a quorum, and uh, we're ready to get down to the nitty-gritty with the news talk of the week, as well as, you know, plenty of shenanigans to boot. So, Tim, I don't know what your week was like, but uh, it was one for the books. Yeah, I... The uh, old Moleg this week. I had a pretty low-key week, but I saw you uh, You were busy. You you had enough for the both of us, for yeah, the three of us. Well, you know how it is. Um, there was a shooting in Kansas City, and that sets off and triggers all the lefties to jump on the bandwagon and start crying for more gun laws, stricter gun control, and all the above. And so you can imagine how unhinged they can be. And it's getting worse, man. I'm telling you, it's getting worse. I uh, So on Monday, we go in, media's everywhere. I did several interviews, all that stuff. And uh, I'm literally in my office like five minutes, and this guy just walks in my door, doesn't say a word, doesn't ask my L.A., comes right in my office. Hey, I'm from such and such newspaper. Can I get you on the record regarding the situation in Kansas City? And I'm just like, dude, okay, I guess. So that's what started my Monday off. But then, get this, so we start session on Mondays at like 4 o'clock-ish, and we always start every session with a prayer and the pledge, and we go into the business, right? So a friend of mine, Brad Hudson, colleague, he's from over in Branson area. Uh, He's a pastor, really good guy. He's just happened to be the one praying. We we usually have, so we have a chaplain for the legislature, and his name is Monsignor Kerwicki. He is a uh, Catholic priest, really great guy, and he usually prays, but sometimes he can't be there. So Brad Hudson is praying over the session, and all he does is, and I don't know if they were looking for this or if they were planning on doing this anyway. I have a feeling they were planning on doing it anyway, but he just mentioned something about in a time, you know, where um, there there is senseless violence, you know, whatever. He's he's trying to pray a a thoughtful prayer, you know, and and kind of add in some of the, not naming specifically anything, but add in some of the context of what we went through over the last week. Yeah. They start screaming out, mm. yelling at him for praying. During the prayer, the Democrats start yelling from the back of the chamber. And this is this is actual House members or this is actual House members. Oh wow. Not protesters. Keeping it I was Democrat pro- House protesters. members. Yeah. Unhinged. Completely unhinged. Interrupting the prayer. So I knew right then it's going to be one for the books. So knowing that, they're going to use every opportunity to talk about gun control, right? Yeah. And try to blame uh, blame it all on Republicans. You know, that's how they do it. So they 
uh, even in the we have an opening part where it's like you can you can make an introduction of a special guest like when you guys if you guys ever get to come up I can introduce you on the floor you know I've got my friends here from my district and and it actually goes into the public record and into the journal and all that well anyway a part of that too is a a a, a time where we call it personal privilege like if you have something you know like Points it's of- it's Black History Month for one thing right. every day they do a Points of you know, personal privilege. Yes, and then they'll say some story about a, wow. a a black person in history or whatever, which is fine. Yeah. Well, they used even that to start talking about gun control, so we knew it was going to happen. So then floor leader's like, hey, I, I need you to, you know, talk about this and, and you know, kind of give our position back uh, in response to what they're talking about. So I end up being one of the people talking on the floor that night to kind of give a response so i'm trying to bring the level down right calm voice a little bit of you know thoughtful discussion yes and and usually it works like you know it just takes a minute i'll I'll just pause for like 10 seconds and because if you come up you'll see what it's like but everybody's talking everybody's doing different things nobody's listening so but if you you know, try to bring that down and people start paying attention. So I started talking about, you know, how terrible the tragedy was. And, but yet, you know, the right side of the argument is no new gun law is going to prevent what had happened. And no new gun law is going to prevent that in the future or keep an evil person from doing something that they've decided in their heart that they want to do and exact violence on someone else. And so, um, and talking about the facts of the matter, right? While I'm speaking, and I probably spoke for less than 10 minutes, but for sure, they point of ordered me several times, which that's another privilege motion. So when someone's speaking at the microphone, if the, you know, there's several different reasons why you can at any time just yell out point of order, and then the speaker has to gavel and rule on that point of order. You know, it can be you're not speaking on the topic, you know, you you broke a rule, uh, you use profanity on the floor, that's breaking a rule, you know, maybe you, uh, somebody's not in the proper dress code, you know, there's a lot of reasons you can call a point of order. And they did that several times, you know, and used various crazy reasons why they were point of ordering, uh, and then the speaker would rule go back to do you know speaking what you were speaking i just kept moving on right through it you know so they did that several times i actually still have the record by the way so my freshman year the one of the first times i spoke on the floor was on the heartbeat bill and they point of ordered me eight times in 15 minutes which i would i didn't even use 15 minutes but so Mm -hmm. i was i was wondering if they were going to break the record but they didn't after because i mentioned it i was like well it looks like maybe my record's going to get broken i was saying that on the microphone and then they were like, "How oh, we can't can't break yeah. the record, you know." So, oh. but they were screaming, yelling, cussing on the floor, you know, at anything I was trying to say. So it was wild, man. Have you ever done a reverse point of order? Well, so you can, which the yeah, the speaker has to rule on it mid in every instance, mid sentence. Right? Point of order. Well, that's what's funny is sometimes several people are saying it all at the same time, and the speaker's got to try to decide, you know, which one he's going to do. Who's the spokesperson? Yeah. So anyway, they started railing on on all of that, uh, breaking decorum. I mean, just acting like a bunch of bratty two-year-olds that don't get their way, you know, really is what it's like. 
and continued this narrative of clamoring for stricter gun laws, which wouldn't fix the problem. And now we're finding out all this information, which Wednesday we talked about it on the midweek minute, but the actual facts of all this. But the bottom line is no law is going to prevent it. And Why were they so hush-hush on the, uh, like, releasing names? And, well, because they were minors? it's obvious. Well, two are minors that they do yeah, have in they custody. Yeah, two more. But, you know, even in that... Um, they could try them as adults in certain given situations. Um, and then they're not wanting to release the situation with the guns either because I, I think the the narrative is, again, broken when it comes right. to stolen guns or um, guns that they acquired illegally. Um, and I don't think they want to talk about the fact that they, they want to the, – the media talked about it as two groups had a d- yeah. domestic disturbance. Well – that's probably gang activity, right? So again, they don't want to talk about that because of the racial imp- implications that that uh, people out there might try to bring into it. And so, I think there's several reasons why they don't really want to uh, to talk about all the facts. But eventually, it's going to come out. But they're hoping that the the news cycle is over right by then. Get get all the hot button or the uh, hot takes. Yep. So the problem is, because of this, then we had several gun bills, good gun bills, um, that were on the calendar, ready to be brought up. One of them was mine regarding uh, carrying in churches, and there's one on public transportation. And now leadership is saying that they're probably not going to bring those bills up because of, you know, this this tragedy that happened, and people are talking about it. And, and it's an election year, and everybody's worried about that. You know, but the truth is, And this is what I talked about on the floor. I think we need to have the debate because if you can't articulate your position based on facts, based on, you know, and and try to leave emotion out of it, then it's not a good time to be passing laws and legislating. But and I mean, emotions were uh, they were high big time. Hmm. So anyway, that's how my week started out. And uh, it just went from there. But uh, it's good to be back in the man cave. So. um one of the things I want to talk about, uh, how did you fare, you guys, uh, with the, uh, the the great cell apocalypse of, of 2024 on Thursday? <laughs> well, so first thing in the morning, I got up at, it, it was like uh, 5.55 I had my alarm set for, and so I was supposed to be rounding up some stuff to send to Nebraska with my dad. Well, I called him his phone, nothing. And I hadn't really hashed it out the night before. So I was like, man, he's going to just leave for Nebraska. And I had a truckload of stuff I had to get for him from the warehouse. So I was needing to meet him over there. So I called him like four times, his phone's off. And then he called me from my mom's phone. So I guess he had gotten, but we're all on Mm AT&T. So I was like, my phone's working. My wife's phone was working at the time. My mom's phone's working, but dad's was down. And he's, he calls me and he's like, my phone's on, says SOS only. And I'm yep. like trying to walk him through, you know, the... Uh, <laughs> Reboot your phone. Walk a boomer through how to use walk a phone. A and <laughs> You know, he's like, well, uh, yeah, I'm doing that. And it's, you know, I'm like, you know, pull down from the top, push on the little thing that looks like a antenna with Wi-Fi signal coming out the sides. And <laughs> he's like, yeah, I did that. And he said, I said, push airplane mode and take it out, you know. So he's going through it all and then never can get it working. So I'm like, well, I'll just meet you at the warehouse. And my phone, this was 
probably so his was out since around five five thirty a.m. He said when he got up, it was out. So get to the warehouse and we get him loaded up, and my phone's still working great. Talking to other people on AT and T, no problem. And like eight o'clock, mine went into SOS, and I had a meeting. I I, I was supposed to be meeting with a guy, um, a corporate guy from Joplin or in Joplin, and I had no idea if he was there and I was missing him and I didn't have a way to call anybody at the job and let him know I was coming and I'd be about another hour. So, because the guys at the job, their phones went out about eight too. So it was just weird. My mom's phone never went off. She has a flip phone with AT&T. Um, our phones like sporadically went off and they sporadically came back on and we're all on the same tower you know, all on the same in the same city. And, it's crazy. And then there go they were out. My brother and sister in law are on AT and T. They were out in Nebraska, and they're saying that only a hundred thousand people were affected. I don't and I'm believe like, it. There's seventy thousand people in Joplin, and I bet thirty thousand of them are on AT and T. And everybody I knew had outages. Oh, it was all over. And so. The place. To think, and then I, the first story I saw when my phone came back on was that it was a solar flare. Mm-hmm. And that that's was, what I saw too. I think it, would, it was probably around 10 or 11 o'clock. You know, I was that was I their go to. And it's like a solar flare that only knocks out ATT phones, <laughs> right? Only knocks out uh, smartphones and does it at different times mm-hmm. that are all connected to the same tower. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that the uh, the WHO, the old World, or no, the World Economic Forum. World Health Organization? No, it was the, I think it was the World Health Organization and put a video out about a worm. And it said, you thought COVID, you know, we should be better prepared. Screw worm. We should Is that be, it? I'm not sure if it's a screw worm. They had put a video out though that we should be better prepared for a digital epidemic mm-hmm. than we were for COVID. Yeah, and I can't Thank remember you. if it was the, um, World Economic Forum or the the who, digital you know, epidemic. So they were saying, and they were explaining a worm, and I was like, now that makes more sense. I had just saw that on X, and I was like, and they were saying that a worm affected phones in another country it eight times itself every second, mm. and it had taken out one hundred and forty thousand um, internet connections in less than an hour and. 40 minutes, I think it was. So. Wow. Anyways, Joel may be able to find that video, but this it was... This is crazy. <clears throat> so, I mean, I, I, I hate to go straight to conspiracy theories, I know, but I, I can't help it anymore. That's what I do know. So, and it's our duty, Tim. It is our duty <laughs> to explain and explore the bizarre happenings and even potential conspiracy theories that uh, make us question things. So let's look at this. February 22nd. The, the cell apocalypse. I mean, millions. I think it was millions of people across the U.S. Uh, woke up to find their cell phones deader than a shrunken head at a hacky sack festival. Mm. I woke up earlier, so I woke up usually about 5 o'clock, and mine was dead at that point, SOS and around. No calls, no text, no social media. Not only that, my phone would not work on Wi-Fi. No way. I'm serious. Well, you're with AT&T Wi-Fi also, though. So I'm not sure because I was, in, I was at the office in Jeff City, and they have their own Wi-Fi system. I don't know if it's AT&T or not, but I couldn't get anything on Wi-Fi. But here's what's crazy. My assistant, 
her phone worked just fine. No problems. Anne has AT&T. Ooh. Never had a problem the whole entire time. Hmm. But mine did. And it kept going in and out. So I had a radio interview that morning at 7.40. I had to use the office phone instead of my cell phone to do the radio interview because of uh, because of the outage. So it's crazy. I mean, it was a massive uh, blackout that hit the U.S. Uh, and maybe more. I don't know uh, if it was worldwide or not. But I think leaving millions without phone service. And the cause of the blackout, man, they're all over the place. You, you mentioned the solar flares. That's the first one I saw when I'm trying to find out, which I had to find another way to, to connect to the interwebs than my phone. So I'm on my office computer Googling this, trying to figure out what was happening. Um, but obviously it affected multiple cell towers, multiple states across the country, and left people scrambling for, for answers. But I think, you know, there's some juicy conspiracy theories that could come out of this um, to keep us entertained, you know, while people are waiting for their cell service to return. But it was really weird how it affected some but not others. And so, Joel, what about you? I have a Verizon work phone I never got bothered with. My wife's got an AT&T work phone, and it never got bothered with. Okay. But she's a chicken farmer. Yeah. And if the chickens go down, yeah, they all go down. I see what's happening. They left the chickens alone, which was smart. Um, I've got several friends that have, what is it, AT&T First Alert, which is the first responder mm -hmm. version of AT&T service, and they were all down. Oh, and wow. I don't know. I was, in, I was in training and was so unaffected. just people that were actually out there trying to help other people in emergency situations. So, so had I made well, a... With the phone plan that's not But chicken farmers... To I was going to say... Chicken if, farmers are good. It's fine. If okay. I made a... Uh, I if I had made a SOS call, it wouldn't have gotten anybody is what it sounded like. <laughs> Right, you were you were without hope. No, yeah, like no, I, no help I, was arriving. And I caught myself because we, uh, where we're staying, we have uh, uh, Starlink, and it it never went down. Of course not. Hey, Longmire still has a radio in his truck. I uh, I might have gotten Longmire. That would have been pretty wild. My SOS call, and I'm where's where's he out of uh, Wyoming? Wyoming. Yeah, I'd be like Longmire. <laughs> just had a fender bender. I don't need to see you over here in Joplin, Missouri. I could just hear him grunt. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I. So I'm. The video is the video that I watched on X is uh, mysteriously hard to find, and I Google Google's pretty forthright. With, well, let's talk. About I, I know Google I'm. I know I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm ser serving up a. Uh, softball here but you know google definitely is trying to get us the information so what's what's crazy to me about this though is so the, the next big news that happens after the outage is a, yet again another chinese spy balloon is observed hovering over the good old u.s of a uh, supposedly the u.s military had checked it out oh it's no problem it's no threat we drove by made, made sure it was it was not a not a threat, you know. This is a, so obviously this I, balloon. I hadn't heard about the balloon. Was it? over the U.S. the day of this blackout. Yeah. Okay, obviously, could it be? Joel, find out. You know and when the news first broke about the cell outage, and then when I, the news of the the Chinese balloon broke. I, I want to know. I have some great news. Uh, I I just read this and look while I was looking for that video, but we are getting a 
full day of service rebated to us as <laughs> AT&T customers. And it is for the grand total of $5. <laughs> so thank you. AT&T. I'm going to have to, I was planning on switching did over to Did you get the T-Mobile. apology text? No. I did. No. Wait a minute. So they only texted the people whose phones went out? My phone was out. Oh, you didn't get a text? No. So I got an apology text. Let me read this You're to you. kidding. I'm not I'm, kidding. I, I'm definitely going to T-Mobile, kids. It might have disappeared like a Snapchat. I mean, I, I, I do have... Oh, here it is. Here it is. This was yesterday at 8.07 p.m. It's AT&T, period. We apologize for Thursday's outage, which may have impacted you. As a valued customer, your connection matters, and we are committed to doing better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was the apology text I received. I didn't receive said apology text, and uh, that's hurtful. It's concerning. Yeah, and I am the I am the account holder. Been with them for yeah seventeen years. Uh, oh. Well, since Singular when they bought Singular mm-hmm. out. So, so that's uh, yeah. I'm disappointed. So obviously they're discriminating upon. Uh, Maybe you could forward me that text so I could a, sleep an tonight. <laughs> I'll act like I wonder if you sent something back. Would they receive it? Ask them if you'll be seeing your five dollar refund on each line that was affected. I want my refund in cash. (laughs) Can I do that? Yes, Uh, I want a cash rebate. I I definitely was asking for it in Dogecoin or something. You know. Oh, speaking of, this is totally not on our agenda. But have you seen the spike in? Bitcoin and Ethereum Dude, and all that. I've been I've been enjoying the fruits of the spike. You got some Bitcoin? No, I I own uh, CLSK, which I is have a Ethereum Bitcoin miner. They they also mine Ethereum, but they've gone up since March of last year when I bought them. They've gone up from they were at a dollar ninety eight, and they are at around seventeen dollars oh, right now. Man. And I was trading options in that, and it's been a lucrative business. I could only imagine. It was Bitcoin was at sixteen thousand at that point, and it's you know been hovering above fifty. Yep. So Anyway. Anyways, yeah. Good for all you uh, folks out there that are on the CLSK. Yeah. So here's the question, Tim. All right, could it be that this Chinese balloon, which I I can't help it. I'm highly suspicious of the Chinese balloons that are seemingly just running Nothing completely to see here <laughs> in our atmosphere as of recent years. Could it be that it is a test run for an EMP weapon? The baboons. I mean, it seems like it's very conceivable that it could be. I did see a thing that... And the timing is impeccable. Balloons. Joel, what did you find about the timing? It looks like they first noticed it Friday over Utah. This Friday? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the outage was Thursday, right? Yeah. The cell outage about was Thursday. It was crossing Missouri <laughs> on Thursday. <laughs> Hit Utah. I mean, I don't know how fast balloons move, but. There's no way it could be. Yeah. I mean, it was over us. It was over us. Why Was it Hindenburg or did they just. Mm-mm. No, they like, they went by, hi. did a little, the fly they buzzed by. it with a few F-16s or whatever and said, ah, it's all good. 
Nothing, nothing to see here. Nothing to, see here. <laughs> nothing to worry about. Mm. Why would you worry? I'm not Mr. <laughs> Conspiracy Theorist, but this is weird. Joel, <laughs> you you just the, haven't been uh, I'm what are what F-22s, are we now? I was wrong. What are we right? now? Uh 21 episodes in and I've I've just pretty much gone off the rails. It's okay. We're, pretty I I started out as we a embrace, skeptic. We embrace off the rails. And I realized that they're out to get us. They are. The memes were great too. Oh, dude! So that's my number one tweet, and the uh, the viral nature of the tweet. Did you ever see the one where I had the the saw in my hand from going and shooting with those guys when the yes. when the Chinese balloon went over last year? And I yes. said somebody said there's a Chinese spy balloon, <laughs> and I had that saw. Yeah. Dude, liberals still talk about that on Twitter. Man. They still do. You were the guy that thought you could shoot the balloon down with the gun. I'm like, dude, you guys don't get humor at all. First They're off, they don't get it, humor, actually. and I I feel like it would be very feasible to shoot down this balloon. I think it is with yeah. a I, I Creedmoor at the very at the very least. I you know I feel like it's definitely attainable. Joel, click on that one right there, the uh, one on the far left with the writing on it. This is one of the memes. Uh, Totary. <laughs> Weather baroon. Totary not for spying. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, the F-22. Can you imagine? Oh, my goodness. So I mean... And I don't want to get too carried away with conspiracy theories, but, you know, I mean... After all, yes, there's there's plenty of other possible causes for the cell service blackout. Oh, they mm, shot it down. Maybe. No. Ten, ten hours uh, ago. That, no way. Uh, that's got to be last, that's last year. Last year's. Oh, it said ten hours ago. So <laughs> This can't be the... This is how I get my news and information. Let me get to the bottom Joel, of before find we take out. I, uh, If we shot it down, this is even better. They're definitely not going to shoot it down over... The land. picture definitely did not look... Yeah, that would be a bad way. But to seriously, why why is this happening yearly at this point? Yeah, it's like, and and which ones have we not seen that that you didn't know, make the news? You know what we need is a balloon force. Space force is not a obviously the 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 balloons are <laughs> below space forces. You know, they're below their reach. The air force obviously is not really into it. So we should start. Trump balloon could get a balloon one. force one. Yeah. Well, Balloon Force One would kind of insinuate that the president was riding in the balloon, and that doesn't seem safe. No. So, what? but I mean, and, and, and riddle me this. Totary, not for spying. Riddle, riddle me this. If you were going to do a spy balloon, why would you not make it colorful to look like a regular hot air balloon? Right. Then I wouldn't be... Nobody's uh, upset yeah, about a... A balloon in disguise, yeah. if, if you will. I mean... You know, I nobody would think a thing of it. Just a random know. hot air balloon. You guys are that seeing got away. the hot air balloon. It's the hot air balloon yeah. that got away. Um, it's a little it bit. Would, we would have the news story. Would be, I mean, and that's what's really suspicious. It's like how how bad can you be at camouflage? You know, nobody would think a thing of so, a loose hot air balloon. So here's for reals. All right. So I think this would be a good opportunity right here to talk about how to prepare though 
for an EMP. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the memes. Like They're doing like, it again. Likely a hobby balloon. Likely. Likely. Mm-hmm. But like uh, like Little House on the Prairie, you know, me when the, when the AT&T cell apocalypse happened or whatever. And I'm serious. Like people... Uh, right, like it shuts down everything. I was well. They were saying that a a full outage would cost uh, fifty billion a day. Wow. Uh, a grid outage. I, it was that same video. I wish I could find it, but it seems so, to have been. Those of you out there that are listeners that are that could be worried about the possibility of an EMP attack. Okay, because I think it's legitimate. I think this is a legitimate concern. I really do. We've got some tips on how to prepare. So listen up. I don't know if you guys if you guys have ever read any of Mike Glover's stuff. Joel, you ever read after Mike Glover? Never have. So he's got, uh, it's called Fieldcraft Survival yeah. Information. Awesome stuff. He's got a book called Prepared. No, nah, he's not real old. He's got a book called Prepared, A Manual for Surviving Worst Case Scenarios. You've got to get this book. It's great information. And entertaining as well. No, this kind of like the, the guy man cave I was podcast. Of. Mike Glover is a man's man, but I think this is a legitimate thing. So here's a few tips. Okay, this this is definitely not an exhaustive list, um, but here's a few tips for our listeners. First of all, get Mike Glover's book prepared. Uh, it has a lot of information in it, and I think. Really good uh, worst case scenario information that you could, that I think, could save your life uh, depending on the situation. But one of the things regarding EMP specifically, so they have these, it's called uh, Faraday cage. Have you seen these? So it can protect your electronics. Joel, look up Faraday bags. Okay, yes. I've, I was going to say, I'm very familiar with Faraday bags. So, so that's one thing you can do uh, to keep your maybe they, a, a burner phone we, or we, something in a Faraday cage. We secure our laptop digital evidence in Faraday bags. And why is that, Joel? So people can't remotely wipe them. So you're saying that people can remotely wipe them? Huh. I'm no computer expert, but why did so? Why did Hunter Biden? If not? the sheriff's office is doing that, I think that's a pretty good indication that it is possible, right? Right. Yeah. Hunter Biden probably not should a have conspiracy. Wiped. Hunter Biden probably should have wiped his phone <laughs> or his his laptop. laptop sorry, uh, he, he would have done much better to pull the old Hillary Clinton on it and just smash it, the freaking thing with the hammer. Right, bleach bit. Is it that looks fairly suspicious? But he had he had, so he had turned that in for repairs because mm-hmm. he was probably needing more storage for random videos of yeah yeah. And uh, but anyway, yeah. do they uh, something that I've always been, and you may know this. Is that just like lead lined? Is that the because how it's designed? Yeah, are those just lead lined bags? Or, I'm not sure. I think it would be too heavy. Because I have I have heard I that uh, like generators, EMP would would take out mm-hmm. generators. But I think if you put them some, in a lead, box. some people put uh, alt because an alternator is like the ultimate hack. If everything Generating goes down. Generating electricity. Yeah. So a lot of people keep alternators in their safe rooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to have them in a lead-lined, um, you know, a situation or something like that, you know, that 
What does that say, Joel? These exactly are what we have. Static dissipative coating polyester aluminum. Aluminum. Hmm. So the tinfoil hat. Polyurethane. (laughs) Yeah. Tinfoil hats do work. Also work as a protective measure. So (laughs) that's good to know. Uh, so a Faraday bag you can also get is, is great, uh, for kind of a go bag in a, in a situation that may not be an EMP, but another emergency situation, stock up on canned goods, bottled water. That's always uh, a good thing to do because you never know, you know, when the end of the world might come. I was, uh, I think paper maps is another thing right now. I guarantee you my daughters couldn't find their way to Joplin probably with, Without I've been screen recording. Maps. I've been screen recording my, uh, you know, my trips, and then putting them onto a. Uh, That's a pretty good idea. Terabyte hard drive in a Faraday bag, you know, because I I Perfect. can't get out of bed without a GPS. Yeah, so paper maps yeah. because again, if if everything goes <laughs> if everything goes down, you need to be able to find your way around. Um, Pre-planned meeting places and times with family and friends. Let's say that something happens and your family is, you know, people are at work, people are here, people are there. You don't know where they're at. You can't reach them with any communicative device. Um, Your cell phone is down or whatever. Uh, So have a pre-planned meeting place and and times of that and say, look, if, if something happens and we're separated, here's where we meet up and what time we meet up and how to get there, right? If you're not a good planner... Another good thing is teach your kids smoke signals with small tire fires. Yes. Is all you need is a wheelbarrow tire, uh, a mower tire. And everybody's got one of those. Everybody's got it. There's going to be a lot of tires not used when things fall apart. And uh, just keep a little blankie, a five-gallon, metal five-gallon bucket, and uh, your kids will know where to find it. Some lacquer chips to burn. I mean, that's that's for warmth. Also... (laughs) Also have a transportation plan as well. Or you can just drive old vehicles like I do. I was going to say where a lawnmower also can come in handy. Yeah. Rattle traps, uh, I don't think, would be affected by an EMP. Uh, yeah. So the old 90, 99 Suburban yeah. would be the perfect well, that, apocalypse uh, vehicle. You may need to go a little further back before uh, electronic fuel injection, though. Maybe. But keep a keep a beater handy as the yeah, and most of all, folks, just keep a good sense of humor because <laughs> if if the world's going to end, uh, you you might as well go out laughing. CB radios are also only about a hundred bucks new. Mm-hmm. And on you can get those eBay. at any truck stop from here to or, there, or loves, yeah, yeah, or eBay. But they're going to go quick. So the bottom line is, you never know when the next cell apocalypse might strike, or or something worse. God forbid, but uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, they were it was that was another thing that I was thinking about. Tucker Carlson had you know put out a little warning that they were about to be doing some. Mm-hmm. And I mean this could this could easily be a weekly occurrence if uh, you know if they're onto something here. I think we do need a could have been a trial force. run with. I like that idea. Yeah, balloon force would definitely. I would volunteer. I would join. No, oh. and you could, you know, you could become a balloonist. Because best fighting fire with fire, I feel like you should probably be shooting balloons down out of balloons. That would, that would definitely be the way I would. And people wouldn't want be, to engage. You know, you would you would definitely not strike fear in anyone. 
I'm deathly afraid of heights. I volunteer for ground support. Okay, you could be on the CB. Yes. I'm, I'm going to get I'm a CB Longmire. radio. You, I got a radio in my truck. I oh, like it. Man. All right, so we've, <sighs> so we've solved that one. Uh, next up, Tim, the Gemini Chronicles. Google's AI roller coaster. And for those of you out there who do not know what AI is, I think you probably do. But that is artificial intelligence, and it's out of control right now, I'll just tell you. But this week, there was a lot of chatter on X about the wild and wacky world of Google's AI rollout. So Google's Gemini rollout, which has been making headlines for all of the wrong reasons. It's kind of the chat GPT for Google or the Grok for Twitter, or X. But it is uh, apparently super woke, by the way. And, well, I, I guess I should probably define. <laughs> so, when I mention the word woke, uh, in, in any context in Jefferson City, it is, a, it is such a triggering word for the leftists. It's unbelievable. It's like they cannot handle hearing that word spoken, which is why I, I use it at every opportunity I get, but of course. But here's my definition, okay? You want to hear my definition of woke before we move on? Here's my definition of woke. The cultish obsession with using identity politics as a tool. <laughs> You're laughing. At the screen. Sorry. It's too much. Joel's rolling memes. Back to my definition. A cultish obsession with using identity politics. So as people begin to put commands into the AI machine, and they've got it up on the screen right now, it is unbelievable. It quickly began to reveal that Gemini is apparently, obviously woke, and accusations of being anti-white even uh, have been out there. Also, Gemini being dismissive of pedophilia and even struggling to define uh, the word transgender. I can only imagine. So this has been a, a hot topic of conversation outside of the, uh, you know, the cell phone blackout and the, the Chinese balloons this week. But so... As I understand it, Google initially launched Gemini in December, I think, uh, the end of 2023, but it just unveiled its latest AI model called Gemini Ultra just a, a week or so ago. So this is the Ultra version. So they promised that Gemini would revolutionize the way we interact with technology, <laughs> making our lives easier and more efficient. But little did they know that the rollout would be anything but that. So the anti-white accusations, okay? So the first controversy to hit this Gemini rollout was accusations of anti-white bias. Twitter users were quick to point out that AI seemed to be favoring non-white individuals in its responses. Joel, what did you find on that with Google Images? It's too much. It's too much. I mean, founding fathers that obviously were not uh, historically correct when it comes to race. Are, are you familiar with whitewashing history? Yeah. 
They definitely did not do that. <laughs> so there was one user that said, they, they tweeted an image of, of, of a Gemini response that said this, I'm not a racist. I just prefer not to interact with white people. <laughs> they People were like typing in, you know, show me images of Nazis or whatever. And it was like people of every color other than white that that were in like I, the German Nazi uniform. One of the ones was... George Washington as a black person, as a founding father. Like One of the Hitler. ones was... Yeah, so one of the questions was, um, <laughs> Jim and I, show me... A, That's too much. Show me a picture of a German leader giving a rousing speech in 1941, and it was a black Hitler <laughs> in a full Nazi uniform. Um. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The great DEI shark. Yes. <laughs> so It was... It did not disappoint. Jesse was, Waters had a really good video about this. Let's listen to what he had to say. I'm going to switch this over. Google's AI program, Gemini, just dropped, and it's not ready for prime time. You can ask it questions or you can have it generate an image, but there's a bit of a problem. There's no room for whites in the code. When you ask Gemini to create an image of a historical event, you get something like this. Gemini says, this is one of America's founding fathers. Which founding father? It's, it's, Not sure. It's Maybe a AI black George Washington. <laughs> you know, quarters are not in color, so I... Okay. They know about America by watching Hamilton. Here's what you get when you ask Google to give you a picture of German soldiers during World War II. <laughs> the headline says Nazi Germany was Nazis very diverse. Celebrated DEI Thursday. Google apparently doesn't think whites exist. If you ask Gemini to generate an image of a white person, it can't compute. It gives you this message. While I understand your request, I'm unable to generate images that specify ethnicity or race. Instead, I can offer you images of families that celebrate diversity and inclusion, featuring people of various ethnicities and backgrounds. So if you actually specifically asked for an AI-generated picture, it wouldn't give it to you. Yeah. But the, the default was anything but yes. a white person. Ask Gemini to generate a picture of the Pope, and you get an Indian woman and an African. Or what if you'd like an image of Russia, one of the whitest countries on Earth? You have a Latina, an uh, East Asian woman, and maybe a Pakistani, and another African. But it doesn't stop there. Google thinks Vikings were black. How intelligent is artificial intelligence? Look the Vikings. Well, one of them kind of looks... It looks like looks Pocahontas. The uh, one on the bottom left there looks like uh, Genghis Khan. You get AI to show you a picture of whites is to prompt it with racist black stereotypes like eating fried chicken. Oh, my. Now, if you want to know why Google's Gemini hates whites, just look at the guy who oversees the development. Senior director Jack Krawcheck made his politics very well known, writing, white privilege is effing real. Don't be an a-hole and act guilty about it. I don't mind paying more taxes and investing in overcoming systemic racism. And my favorite, Jesus only cares about white people. Oh, my. 
Kids. Now, Krawcheck issued a quasi-apology to Fox, saying, we think Gemini missed the mark. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Just a slight bit. You didn't miss the mark, Jack. I think you nailed it. This is CRT history. You're rigging AI. We caught you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have a mind of its own. It has your mind, and your mind is riddled with white guilt. And sadly, the next generation of kids are going to suffer because of your insecurity. This is DEI in real time. Radio host Tommy Sotomayor joins us now. I didn't know there was a black founding father. Did you? I, I did not. Although, if you listen to a lot of the pro-blacks, they will tell you that the first six, I think, or seven presidents of the United States before George Washington were all black. That it took a black man in order to set up the United States, and then once we got it working, we let George Washington take over the reins. Whoa! I mean, that that is. You didn't know this? I didn't know that. What else? His, His name, name is Henson. Look it up. All right, I'm gonna have to look that up. What about the Vikings? Because when I first saw that, I thought that was a Scandinavian guy wearing black. They're just blackface. playing random. Google now, hold on a minute. Now, I images in the background. I got the Vikings wrong. I mean, think about it. Look, you've had Randall Cunningham playing there. You've had Warren Moon play. I'm, all right, that's good enough. I think we get the picture, mm. right? Pretty wild. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So I don't think able, they know how any of this works. If you're able to switch it back, I have Googled some Gemini snowmen. So <laughs> Gemini <laughs> snowmen. <laughs> I think those are snowman shadows. Silhouettes. <laughs> the memes write themselves. <laughs> so I wish it was only just <laughs> missing the mark on uh, how racially not diverse it is, but it's worse than that. So the next thing was the, the pedophilia conversation. Users were shocked when the... <laughs> the Gemini AI refused to say that pedophilia was wrong and even argued that pedos are not evil. Mm. In a conversation with the user, Gemini stated this, individuals cannot control who they are attracted to, which I think is, which I think is really just a reflection of where the left really want to be. Yeah. Everything that I've seen in the last six years with legislation and with the narrative, uh, with progressivism, of the left is they they're pushing this narrative of moving toward normalizing pedophilia and it's becoming even more out in the open which is just insane well and and why did anyone think that it would stop at you know right at it so i'll tell you was, a crazy story so a couple of years ago in the in the legislature the missouri legislature which is a super majority of republicans we had one republican that is a gay man okay I walk in, he's making an amendment. Nobody is even speaking about this either. He's making an amendment to to ease the penalties on bestiality. I mean, it, exactly. And I walk in and I'm like, and I, I look at my computer and I look at this amendment and I'm like, this is insane. And this is a Republican. And so I before I can even get to a microphone to start asking questions and push back on this, they call the vote. They call the vote on this. And I'm like, what in the world is happening right now? And nobody was even paying attention to it. This is a Republican that was making this amendment. Mm. 
So not only pedophilia, but this, this is the other part of this, the, the transgender definition, okay? If that wasn't enough, Jim and I also struggled to define transgender, which I will say it leftists is. have the same problem as well. Yeah. Outside of their, their weird, you know, made-up terms that they use. But when asked to provide a clear definition, Jim and I simply state, state, uh, replied this, transgender is a complex and nuanced term that can be difficult to define. Which I think is, is actually accurate. It, it, not, not really surprising at all. It can get really inconvenient when you start getting down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. But they couldn't, Jim and I couldn't define that. Uh, but and and last but not least, and we'll move on to the next topic. But the the apparent and obvious lack of objectivity. Users begin to notice that the artificial atel- intelligence seemed to be pushing a certain narrative rather than providing objective and unbiased information. So now I think they have actually paused this most recent rollout. Um, they had a rollback, you know. <laughs> yeah, yes. they announced it. Uh, will it change? I, I, I doubt it with these people in, in control of it. I did notice that Elon said he had been seriously thinking about launching a, a non-woke search engine similar to Google because Google, Google search engine is, is almost just as bad. Yeah. It's extremely biased. Um, and then he has, you know, with X, Grok is already live with a non-woke and generally objective approach. Well, I don't know if you listened to the interview with Elon, but when he was talking about um, AI, I believe it was with Tucker. I don't quote me on that. But he had he had kind of been in the brain trust when they with the guy who did who started Chat GPT and he was kind of disassociated because he was worried about who was doing the inputting of information. Mm-hmm. And that, it, it just so reminiscent when, when this Gemini launched, it just came like everything he said that he warned, he said, you know, this could be a great thing, but it depends on who's developing it. Yeah. And this is, it was just like, it's like writing on the wall. bias into science, right? Yeah. And, you know, they've, they haven't done that, thankfully. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> of course not. So we're good there. Yeah. Yeah. But it really is. It's the, you know, the slippery slope on all of this stuff is, you know, it really the the people who are running the world are just the devi- most devious people and the most uh Well, it's because they have come full-fledged through the education system that we have now, which is fully woke. Yeah. Right? And they're absolutely brainwashed when they yeah. get out of there. Anyway, Google's Gemini uh is on pause. Mm. Uh, next up, Tim, Judge Ingoran. How do you say his name, by the way? Ben. Is it Ingoran or Ingoran? Ben. I think it's Ingoran. This is a Googler question. Yeah, Joel can figure this, I, uh, figure this one out. I was, so, go ahead. I was calling the, I so we, the education that, I, I feel like I got a, pretty solid education but i did teach myself i i they teach you to read and then you read your own lessons in the yeah. uh, program we were in you're familiar i am but uh so history i was a major 
just loved reading history. And I think I've probably told this story before, but I called the Sioux tribe the Sioux tribe for many, many, many years. Because that's I'd been reading about the Sioux tribe for a long time. And, uh, you know. I did 99%, 98% online college. So yeah. it, it wasn't Sioux for me, but it was a lot of... There's stuff. Stuff can happen. You're not a white Sioux fan. The white Sioux are, they're middling at best. More of a red Sioux fan. How's it pronounced, Joel? Ingeron. Okay. Ingeron. So Judge Ingeron, his ruling. So we've talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, here's a brief timeline. After that initial judgment, we talked about 355 million plus fine for. President Trump, then he ruled, the judge ruled that Donald Trump has to pay a fine of $10,000 per day for being in contempt of court and not paying the fine. And then his legal team, so Trump's legal team, requested an extension on paying the fine instead of having to pay it immediately after the ruling. You said and, that was and 10, cited 10000 a day? Not the, not the initial judgment. This is on top of the initial judgment. Right. So he's saying that he's in contempt of court if he's not paid the fine, right? So, and then, so citing various reasons, which I think are all legitimate, uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to come up with $400 million just out of the blue for anybody, even a billionaire. But the New York Attorney General has threatened then to seize Trump's assets in New York if he cannot pay the fine immediately, well, they probably started doing, I just did some quick math, and Trump could pay $10,000 a day for the next 100 years. I don't know if you know how old he is. And he would, that's when, at 100 years, he would hit the 360 okay. yeah. thousand mark. Wow. So he might should just pay the fine. I That'd I, be $3.6 million a year, roughly. I, I read today that it was 100, with interest and everything, it was 120 one thousand, maybe hundred twelve thousand dollars a day. Okay, so yeah, you would have to get with up interest there. And they all they the... started doing the math and they're like, wait, he's, he's eighty five. He's currently being charged that per day until he pays it. Okay, crazy. So even then, he's got ten years before he hits the three sixty. So they've threatened to seize his assets in New York, and so he says, okay, well, can I move my business addresses to Florida? Um, and that's been blocked by the court. So it's an obvious, you know, to, to anybody who has any sense, it's an obvious hit job on this in an election year for the purpose of meddling in our elections mm -hmm. and throwing an election and trying to put Trump in prison. But, I mean, think about this, what impact this is going to have, um, which obviously is the real reason of why this is happening. The potential seizure of Trump's assets in New York I mean, this could be huge. I mean, his campaign could, could face financial ruin, financial difficulties because of this. It also might limit his ability to run, to be able to run an effective campaign. I mean, think about it. If you're in this kind of a legal battle where it's literally could take every last dollar that you have and maybe more as far as, you know, liquid funds that you might have available, it's, it's huge as far as the impact that this could have in an election year. So, you know, it's just absolutely um, insane what they are doing with this. 
Did you see that um, there was a little rumor mill going around about you? You had mentioned Trump campaign in Florida. Did you see that Tulsi Gabbard was hosting an event at Mar-a-Lago? Yes. So we're going to talk about the shortlist of VP candidates when we come back from the break. All right. So we're going to take a break and we will be right back. And we're back from the break. Man, those uh, pepperoni-infused, what were those? That's the cheesy bread. Cheesy bread. Stuffed cheesy bread from Domino's, yeah. Man, that hit the spot. Mm. I just got my second win now. Drank a little ranch and I can go on. So, up next, Trump has released his VP shortlist. Let's talk about this for a minute. Which, amazingly enough, includes uh, Ron DeSanctimonious. Why not? Right. And then uh, Tim Scott, former presidential candidate and uh, the junior senator from South Carolina. Oh, speaking of... It's coming up. Okay. Tuesday, right? South Carolina? I thought it was done today. Is it Tuesday? Today? It was, oh, it was today. today? And On a Trump, Saturday? Yeah, they said Trump might have won by 41% was the early... Estimate. Yep. And that is Nikki Haley's. And my state. prediction is if she doesn't get out after this, she ain't there are games afoot. That Ben, if, if you don't think there's games afoot, <laughs> whether she gets out or not, she's Nikki We're Haley not on the same level here. Forty four South Carolina delegates won by Donald Trump. Mm. Um eighty seven percent reporting. We should make today. I, I would I like to that. commission some tinfoil trucker hats. Oh. I think they'd be big. Let's make it happen. Dude, have you guys seen the Trump shoes? Mm-mm. Joel, look it up. We're about to see them. Look up the Trump shoes. I heard some fangirl uh-huh. when he was releasing those Trump shoes, and it was scary. They're sold out, but they're like 400 bucks. I'd wear some, and that's not even my thing. But, uh, so, Tim Scott, Weewick, Ramaswamy, look at those shoes, Tim. Oh, wow. Huh? Are those sweet or what? Looks like the shoe Mr. T would have worn. Solid gold. Doesn't that look like a Mr. T shoe? Nobody wants a roundhouse kick when I'm wearing these bad boys. No, sir. No, I, I would definitely say I could think of several people that should own those shoes. Sold out, but uh, can't get them. Nine thousand dollars in the black market. What? Mm. Nine thousand dollars. Why were? Why was Dude, I not? Why on did the we not list? buy them all? I would have hawked something to buy them. I've got a friend that does that. A coworker. The new like Jordans or mm. whatever. Hey, you can make. <laughs> yes. Uh, we just need some screen printing and. <laughs> the man, the man cave caucus. <laughs> the, the, the fact that uh, yes. we'll we'll have to share that to Twitter and that's see our if, that's uh, going to be so. our first merch. So I was thinking, like, uh, why would 
Alex Jones not already be selling these bad boys? Yeah, he's really to get an himself back in the uh, back in the game. Be quiet. We'll get it cornered. Okay, so Vivek Ramaswamy is also on the short list. Governor Christy Noem, which I have said all along, would be the best pick, right? You guys remember that? Yep. Okay, write that one down. Congressman Byron Donalds from Florida. Uh, black congressman from Florida. Great conservative. Let me just say, if this is a short list, I would I would lose out on the long <laughs> list. My... Uh, my uh, attention span ain't quite good enough for the long list. Yeah, <laughs> and Tulsi Gabbard. Mm-hmm. So former Democrat, uh, United States Army Reserve officer and political commentator, also who was the U.S. representative for Hawaii's, I think, second district. I do believe if you were doing a vote grab mm-hmm. that Gabbard would be the, the go-to. Who are you going to get, though? Who who are you going to pull over that wouldn't already be voting for Trump? Independents, and they're going to vote for Trump. Ooh, a lot of moderates. You're right. Over you're, JFK. You're, well, yeah, I think with Tulsi Gabbard, I think it would take some of the. I think it would take a lot of the JFK, uh, or not JFK, is it? Or is he no RFK? RFK. RFK. You, you threw me R-F-K. for. I had to think about it. JR. Yeah, I think. I think that uh, I think it would pull a lot of like, for instance, like just a for instance, like Rogan is he's he's voting for Trump, yeah. I think, regardless. Yeah. But Tulsi's not going to make a difference. But he is a huge like not only would he go to begrudgingly voting for Trump because he will not vote for his party's, you know, mm-hmm. what they're what they have up. And I don't think he'd vote for Newsom. I don't think he'd vote for I don't even know if he'd vote for Michelle Obama. That he's pretty much red pilled. Yeah. So, but I I think he would be not only voting begrudgingly for Trump, which is kind of where it seems like a lot of people are at. Um, even Musk, you know, I think it would be actually like uh, they would go full Bernie Bros about a a ticket with Gabbard on it. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, so I don't know. I I'm not even saying mm, that I would wish that. I think her 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 democrat baggage is hard to get rid of. Is what I think. Even though she switched, um I think I I don't know. I I still tend to believe in my heart of hearts that it's more opportunistic than than actual. Well, I I principle. really think I think she was spited. Yeah, for sure. And uh, what do they say about a woman spited? I, mm-hmm. I think there's... Yeah. But, you know, is it really a convictional change? I don't know. That's a that's a tough thing. It is. So I don't know. On that short list, I still i am going Christy Gnome. Yeah, you no, and I would, be, I would be extremely happy. The beautiful thing is I don't see anybody up there that is just repulsive. No, and I don't think... Who do you think the worst pick of all of these would be? Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. Yep. And that's what I was talking about pandering. I I don't feel like that is the right move. Mm-hmm. I feel like you got to go strictly on conviction, on record, on yep. principle. And Noma's, is, yeah, I'm right there with you. But yep, it just it it really is interesting to to think about what you know what direction you're going with it. Yeah, if you're Trump. 
I think it's got to. I think I think that that they realize that it probably needs to be a woman. You know, I have heard people talk about. Um, oh, what was the guy that ran for president last time around? Oh. The doctor. Yeah, the Ben Ben, ben Carson. Carson. Yeah. yeah. But I don't. I I've always said that I don't think that would be the best choice. No, even though I like I, Ben Carson as a person. Yeah, I I. But I think it, a lot of it seems disingenuous too when you go like it. It feels like pandering. I think checking and, the box. Nobody wants mm-hmm. to. Um, no principled person. Wants I think to if go, you overplay your hand on checking the boxes, well, you're with, you're going DEI. DEI. Yep. And uh, then people will uh, let's uh, shy away. You know, let's pick our vice president on the uh, merit. Yes. Who would be the best pick for us conservative Republicans? Uh, well, I want to say um, DeSantis. Same. Yeah. Um, now, for him personally in the future, I don't know. But for us, as far as a person, a policy person, someone who I think would make a great president in the future— I think it's DeSantis. And I was I was also thinking this list would be great. I mean, if you saw every one of those names In on cabinet, cabinet positions, yeah. you would be all-star team. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's where I think that's what the short list is really about is well, the fact that he's willing to play ball with these I people. I want I want Vivek either as the Republican national chairman. Oh, I mean, you can put him in a spot to put his money where his mouth is. Or Press secretary, in, dude, in, that uh, guy would be. Oh, he would slay fire. I, th- I think he's got a cabinet spot from. Just from how Trump's long? Courts. How long has it been since? Has there been a male press secretary in a while? Uh, not since <laughs> Scaramucci, <laughs> for about five seconds under. I Trump. think we know. Yeah, I think that's probably. Which, uh, if anybody lasted longer than that in some of those positions, circle so. back lady might have lasted longer than him. <laughs> right. Scaramooch, the did, mooch. Did the any, mooch. Did anyone stick out to you on this list? Did Did anyone stick out to you not being on this list? Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, actually. No, like that Something didn't make the list, the list that should have. Oh, should have. I was thinking um, Arizona's, Arkansas's, uh, Arkansas's Governor. Huckabee yeah. and uh, which Arizona, means, which means that he has probably reached out and she said no. I think with so Huckabee. She's, but what about Arizona's um, uh, governor who was possibly cheated out of a election? This person was an Arizona governor? Mm-hmm. No, oh, she was running for governor, right? Candidate. How is it there? <laughs> <laughs> ah. We can't think. Well, I even had, I'm, I'm going to definitely be writing a letter. An Carrie email. Lake. Carrie Lake. Uh, so I'm going to definitely be writing an email to. Uh, so. I have I have it. some interesting and nuanced opinions about Carrie Lake, okay. but I get it. I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I just thought also an election stolen. It, it's not a looks thing, Ben. And I no, not okay. I was to do I was that. I was worried that was. I mean, you may know a lot more about you will know a lot more about her than I do. Yeah, because I'm not really political, but I was just thinking like a match made in heaven as far as. She kind of make a, in in my opinion, I think she made a really quick, uh, somewhat opportunistic switch okay. from what she used to be. Okay. I always feel like it's a red flag when somebody has either been a Democrat their entire life and then all of a sudden they switch. Um, so a pretty Tulsi Gabbard similar oh, yeah. situation. Okay. If I may, with Tulsi, 
she didn't switch. Democratic Party switched on her. Well, that's true. Yeah, I, I think so with her. But she has had some positions, though, that I think would be hard to overcome if she couldn't explain what that conversion and, and what principally she, why right. she changed on those positions, such as abortion or, yeah. or, or whatever. You know, that's just a big one for me, but... No, and I'm I'm right there where I don't think it would be the best. I definitely think it would be a yeah. So a, that's the short list. Pool, so um, I still I'm still saying Christy Nome. All right, next up, uh, CPAC was this past week. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Uh, that's the Conservative yeah. Political Action Conference. It's a pretty big deal. They have different speakers. Yeah, that's... but I have a video from one of the speakers that I want you guys to watch. Um, because I think it is important to to hear this, and I think it's something that we've talked about. I think it's something the the principle of what he mentions in this um, is 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 things that uh, the base for sure is talking about uh, when it comes to the World Economic Forum, when it comes to globalism, when it comes to uh, several of those things that I think uh, you and I and, and and a lot of people that think like us when it comes to politics and the problems of the world today, uh, he addresses. So this is a recent, um, this is from CPAC this week. I think it's day one, actually. Um, this is the president from El Salvador, recently elected. Joel, find out whenever, I think this has just happened recently. I don't even know that I can pronounce his name, Naib Bukele. I don't even know if I have to Google this. I've got a good friend from El Salvador. Okay. I just phone a friend. Phone a friend. Listen to this. Listen to this speech at CPAC. Thank you for the kind invitation to have me here at CPAC. It is truly an honor to be here just a few days after our presidential and legislative elections. So just a few days ago then. Which, by the way, they pulverized the opposition. They say, they say globalism comes to die at CPAC. I'm here to tell you that in El Salvador, they, it's already dead. It's incredible what he has done with El Salvador. I, the prison system. In the gangs. But if you want globalism to die here too, you must be willing to unapologetically fight Ooh. against everything and everyone that stands for it. Mm. Fight for your freedoms. I like this guy. Fight for your rights. He's right. Fight for your freedoms and your rights. So they have the 18th Street gangs, um, MS-13. Mm. So they were having the the prisons were fully segregated, but they were having incredible violence. So he rounded up all of the gangs, put them in prison, and Don't let them cancel each other out. Exactly. There you go. He he said, "No, we're not going to segregate the prisons. We're putting everybody together and yeah. let them figure it out." Yeah. And they were. It was. It got. It got pretty hairy. I mean, pretty much. If you had a tattoo, there was a chance you were getting. They were. Picking people up off in buses, arresting in buses and shipping them off. Mm -hmm. He was like, we're going to, you guys can settle this in prison, not on the streets. Because so many innocent people yep. were getting killed I see. with gang-related violence. And so he said, no, we're going to gather everybody leadership. up and let you guys, if you guys want to have these disputes, if you want to kill each other, you're doing it in confinement. 
And the president of the United States must not only win an election, he must have the vision, the will, and the courage to do whatever it takes. And above all, he must be able to identify the underlying forces that will conspire him, that will conspire against him. This get a nice beard. That is a chiseled beard. It's coming back, man. Dark forces are already taking over your country. Mm. You may not see it yet, but it's already happening. You don't see it as clearly because people are designed to see linear changes, not exponential ones. Mm -hmm. We don't always recognize how fast a problem can multiply and spiral out of control. The problem is much like the metaphor of the boiling frog. Once the water boils, it's already too late. People fail to see these things. It's our nature. Just like the frog, people become complacent and they don't realize how bad things are getting until it's too late. He's dead Thank right. you for the kind invitation. Yeah. Uh, he kind of reminds me of the guy off of uh, the movie... Uh, two movies, actually, but I was thinking of the very, very sneaky sir off of Mr. Deeds, yes. the Adam Sandler film, and then uh, he looks like he could have been cast for Die Hard, the bad guy in Die Hard also. Oh, yeah. Just too nice of a beard. but So he's dead right when it comes to globalism, the, the uh, World Economic Forum, all the things that we have been sounding the alarm about, um, and why that President Trump has to be reelected. Yes. Listen to this uh, Trump speech. I think this is this is so great. He has been on fire on the uh, campaign trail. This is South Carolina. Take it behind the barn. In other words, once they take me behind the barn and go and the fake news. He's talking about Biden saying that he wanted to take yeah. him behind the bar. <laughs> Let's back it up. Could you imagine? what that would actually look like. Saying it's wonderful. Then when I said, let him take me behind the bar, hit him, so they said, oh, that's terrible. He's a fascist. <laughs> Trump is a fascist. Now, if I ever did, if we were ever behind a barn, I would look at him and I'd go like this. <laughs> it's so great oh man here's another one I saw that I think um, he was speaking I'm trying to remember where exactly this was Columbia South Carolina oh, Columbia South Carolina yeah no this is a different one he's talking about the black community and uh, wh what they what they want and how to get there. Listen to this. Our message to the black community in this Oh no. Oh no. It's Come on AT&T. What? Oh. Here it comes. Lots of tra trauma is invoked. The internet is streaming. It's coming. Just hang in there. Oh, I think it made it. Oh. 
<laughs> we got that balloon tracker. We got to figure out what's going on it's with the, the dialogue. Okay. So anyway, he said this. Our message to the black community in this election will be a very simple one. If you want strong borders, safe neighborhoods, rising wages, good jobs, great education, and the return of the American dream, congratulations. You are a Republican. Mm. Is he wrong? Mm-mm. No, of course not. And he's right, especially about education. Man, I could talk to you about that. But here's another video I want to show you guys. This is Vladimir Putin. And um, I want your take on this. I'm not sure who he is speaking to, who this audience is. Maybe Joel can find out. This is from uh, Chuck Colesto's um, ex-account. But there's a video here of him speaking, and I'm, I'm not sure how recent this is. I tend to think it is recent. Uh, but listen, just listen to this, what he says. So I'm going to have to interpret this because uh, it shows it on the screen. It says, they cannot ignore the fact that Russia cannot be defeated on the battlefield. That's why they carry on with their information attacks. First of all, targeting the young generations, lying on every step. They never cease with attacks on our culture, our Orthodox Church, or other religious organizations. Look at what they're doing with our, their own people. He's talking about the West. They're destroying the institution of family, their cultures, historical identity, and various perversions. With regard to children, up to pedophilia are accepted as the new norm. And priests are forced to recognize and officiate same-sex weddings. People have the rights to live the way they want. Nobody intrudes upon private life. Nobody wants to do that. But I want to say is maybe they should take a look into the Scripture. Into the holy book of any great religion. It says that the family is a union between a woman and a man. He gets a resounding applause, actually. Can you imagine that? Imagine if, and I'm not a uh, a Putin apologist, but is he wrong? That's uh, pretty spot on. And what's happening in the West? Yeah, I think I think uh, I don't think he said anything that I could disagree with. Yeah. So to close us out today, I've got a couple of quick ones. A, uh, I don't know if you heard about the the illegal immigrant that uh, allegedly killed a Georgia student. That was jogging in Athens, Georgia. He had also previously been arrested in New York City for a crime and was released. Um, so once again, the whole soft on crime policy got this innocent girl killed in that instance. 
And I, I only wish that this was only one instance, but I think uh, it's happening more often than what people realize. The, and this is what I talked about last week um, regarding Kansas City. The, the mayor and the prosecutor in Kansas City are part of the reason why the crime is out of control because of the way that they have went soft on crime. They've defunded the police in Kansas City by millions and millions of dollars. And then when a shooting happens, they want to go blaming the guns. That's how ridiculous it is. Um, So it's policy that matters when it comes to these things. And people's lives are at stake. I mean, that's just the bottom line. But here's the last one I want to show you, Tim. Check this out. If this is not a good... I'm not sure who produced this, but it's called Facts Over Feelings. This is so great. Our first question, one plus one. Yes. Two. Incorrect. Yes. Multiculturalism. Well done, Simon. Next question, what is three times three? Yes. Nine. Wrong. Yes, Penelope. Gender equality. Very good, Penelope. Is this a joke? Do you think gender equality is a joke? No, but isn't this a maths class? <laughs> don't be so racist. I just asked a question. We don't ask questions. Questions are offensive. Yeah. Let me see this. <laughs> Get this. He holds up a paper They've and says... just written equality and drawn equality. love on a piece of paper. He expressed himself and it's beautiful. He didn't even spell equality correctly. We don't discriminate. This has nothing to do with mathematics. You think you're so great with your maths and your science and your facts? What about feelings, huh? Yeah. Feelings are more important than facts. This is wrong. You're all crazy. <laughs> me with your different opinions. I have the right to speak my mind. No, we have the right not to be offended. And that's more important. <laughs> if that's not exactly where we're at, what is? I won't read this one, but this was a Babylon Bee from this. You, we can't do an episode without a Babylon Bee or a not the Bee. <laughs> but it's called Man in Critical Condition After Hearing Slightly Different Viewpoint. I won't play that one, but it goes right along with the previous one. I definitely <clears throat> marvel at how uh, how sensitive folks have gotten. You guys have got to come up to Jeff City. I know. I was uh, I was working over at somebody's house today, and they they said uh, we're just going to have to see Ben yet in Jeff City. I was like, no. He's like, you got to go. We're going to have to schedule it because so, I can yeah. show you. I can really show you how bad it is. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I don't know if I can, my heart can take it. It is quite, uh, it's, it's, it's quite a, uh, I'm going to need, need a chin strap for my tinfoil hat. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to get some of those in the works. I'm just saying. Oh, geez. I think they would fly off the shelf. Yeah, I definitely would wear one. I'm pretty sure. All right. Well, you guys got anything else to add? I think that's a wrap. God bless. So don't forget to uh, go over to Spotify and to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. 
And, um, you know, hey, the podcast is growing. We're having a blast. And hopefully people are being informed and entertained. So with that, we'll catch you next week. God bless.